Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Hey, everybody. I've missed you all so much. Pastor asked me to come on tonight and just say a few words. And I just wanted to let you know that I love you so much. I've missed you. And I'm really looking forward to when we can all be together again, worshiping together, having one of our, one of our awesome services that we have. I'm believing that they're going to be just as powerful as they always are and even more powerful. And just miss you a lot. If you asked me just to share a thought, of, if I could share a thought with you, I would just say maybe over the next few weeks, just take the time to develop a new habit. I've always heard it takes 21 days to start a habit or to break a habit. And oftentimes we aren't able to keep 21 days consistent because we get so busy. When I think of forming new habits, I think of new diets, exercise programs, things like that. But what, whatever you're feeding your body is what your body will begin to crave. And that's a known fact. It's like that spiritually as well. What we feed our soul is what, what we'll begin to crave and desire. And so I just want to encourage you to try to develop new habits over the next 21 days. Just new habits of reading your Bible more, praying more, having family time and devotion. I know devotion time at our house is probably our children's favorite time of the day. Uh, we try to do it first thing in the morning if we can. There are some days that Life happens, emergencies happen, we can't do them early enough before he has to head out. But uh, we love devotion time. Every day we share stories, and they're not always just Bible stories. They're life lessons and life stories. Like today, my husband asked each of us what's something that we could do to better ourselves. And it was a great time of devotion and sharing, and he challenged each child and, and me to say what we thought maybe a weakness was and what we could do better. And they had great things to share, of course. <laughs> when it got to Finn, um, he said, I've already, I'm already better at everything. <laughs> and uh, we used to have things that we called Sawyer stories. And now as Finn's getting older, it's Finn moments. Yeah. And he's walking in his brother's footsteps for sure, uh, being witty. But we enjoy those times. You're going to find, if you have devotion with your children, you will find, or your spouse, if you don't have children, or even if you're alone, if you'll have devotion time, time with God, it just makes your day go so much sure. better. But I really feel like it's one of our strongest, it's definitely our strongest bonding time yeah. as a family because we end every devotion with prayer together. The most powerful prayer that our family has is around our coffee table every morning after devotion. And I would just encourage you to try to develop that habit it's easy as we get busy with life to not have time for things like that or not make times. But if we can take this time God has given us and try to develop habits out of things that we haven't done before, yeah. reading together, praying together, doing devotion together, it's just it's going to make your days go by so much better. And really, I would also encourage you to set a schedule. It, it helps Physically, it helps with your moods, and it helps spiritually. If you can set a schedule, um, that someone said they, they were trying to sleep as late as possible to make their days go by faster. But 
that doesn't work normally. It just makes your days so dreary. Sure. And I would just say set a schedule and put a list of things that you want to accomplish that day, but always put God at the top of the list. And uh, just try to develop that habit because when we all go back to the normal again, I'm hoping our normal can be a new normal. And I'm hoping that um, new habits will be developed for so many of us. And our bodies and our spirits, our souls will begin to crave things they didn't before because now we're used to them. We're used to that extra prayer time that we have with God. And mm-hmm. so the more you're going to begin to feed your soul during this quarantine time, the more you'll crave it. And then when life gets normal and it gets busy again, you will make time for what you're craving. So take advantage of this time and, and feed your soul, feed your spirit, spiritual things. That way you'll crave them even when this quarantine time's over and it'll be a new habit that you form. You know, on that point, Cindy, uh, I heard Aaron Soto say one time, pastor from Wisconsin, he said when they drop a structure into the water, such as a ship of some sort, that when you drop a structure into the water, that it causes barnacles to become a part of that, forms like a reef. And when this this structure forms this reef, then all these fish and life come. And he made a point. He said, if you will create a structure, he said life will come to that structure. And it's that way in a home. If you will create a level of structure, that it will always bring life to your home. It will bring a vibrance. Uh, there's one thing the kids want. Uh, it is is a structure. It's uh, the way they think. They desire to have that. It causes attitudes to balance because they know what to expect because yes. a structure is set. And uh, anyhow, so glad that you were a part tonight. I know uh, we have talked again and again how much we are looking forward to having church again with you. Looks like this isn't going to happen before May, uh, according to the bands that have been set. We've certainly tried to do things the safest. Thank you all for understanding those things as well. I know decisions have been very difficult to make, yeah. but we're trying to make them prayerfully and in accordance with um, our government and what they're asking to be compliance with them as well. And we thank you for understanding that we're trying to do what's best for you. And y'all are the greatest. Y'all are the greatest. I know Amazing pastor people. preaches so often about the church leaving the building. So y'all are just practicing that more now than ever. And, uh, I love you all so much. I'm going to step out so he can get started with Bible study. Can't wait to see you soon. Thanks for all the text and FaceTime calls. I love seeing your faces. Love you all. God bless. Thank you, Cindy. And hello, everyone. And welcome to Wednesday night Bible study. So glad that she was able to take a few moments. I'm sure you were glad to see her. And uh, she's been a, just an amazing wife and a mother to our children. It's been it's been great being at home, being able to have some family time, and certainly it's been uninterrupted family time. I know you know what I mean. Um, and the honeydew list, she's not here now, so I can say the honeydew list seems to be getting uh, taken care of, and she's happy about that. And uh, anyhow, God bless you. Uh, if you would turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Genesis, to the book of Genesis chapter 40, we're going to be reading uh, a portion of Scripture here, but a primary Primarily a one verse that we're going to take our thought from tonight. And it is Genesis chapter 40, reading with verse 14. Verse 14. And uh, I want you to know, miss you all very much. Looking forward to having church again. Let me let me tell you a couple of things while you're grabbing your Bible, getting this together. 
Also, we're going to be reading from the book of Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be referencing that, Matthew chapter 24. Uh, I do want to say that, I, you know, Sin and I are very disappointed uh, about not being able to have an outdoor service like we wanted to. We were going to do three services on Easter Sunday to accommodate the crowd and, and be under the portico. We had a, had a plan. The staff has worked hard uh, to try to make that happen. But uh, as you heard me say in my announcement, that we, our mayor discouraged that. He said, I'm not going to tell you not to, I'm not going to do any disciplinary thing. But what he did say is he felt like it would cost more people to be out. And with the contagiousness of COVID-19, he felt like it was unwise. Uh, and so because we have been praying for our leadership, uh, even though we would have loved to have had an outdoor service, even one of the neighbors said, I... I figured y'all were going to do an outdoor service here. And, uh, you know, my friend Gary up the road, and I said, well, we're not going to. The mayor is, has, uh, you know, discouraged that. And uh, we just believe that God's given him wisdom, and my goal is to protect you uh, from, from this serious, serious virus that is going on. And uh, so we will be having a live stream online service, and we ask you to honor that. There are going to be other churches that do other things, and, and we're not going to certainly compare ourselves among ourselves. We're going to ask you to follow the protocol that we've set here. And, uh, and there are some daughter works that's going to be doing different things, and we've all had a meeting last night and talked about it. We're excited for them. We're not asking you to go to their services if they have an outdoor because that could very much jeopardize uh, what they're doing to try to accommodate to the level crowd that they need to serve their own community there. And, uh, but it's, uh, I want to take a moment before I jump into scripture. I want to make an announcement just a moment about something that's going to happen after Easter. I do want you to know it's going to be a powerful, powerful service. God's given me a word. Our staff, we've been moved in the Holy Ghost preparing for Easter. It's going to be an, uh, an interactive type of thing. We want you to be involved. But there's a very pressing need right now. Uh, Evangelist Eli Hernandez has taken a turn for the worst. You know, he's the one that prophesied uh, that we would have a world revival. He talked about that. He's the one that prophesied, really, that, that brought uh, uh, Guatemala into the picture. He's been very, very key. Uh, the church in Crooksville, how do you spell faith? R-I-S-K, that evangelist, that prophet. He's very sick. He's taken a turn for the worse. He's been sedated, I would say, over a week, uh, maybe maybe 10 plus days, and his lungs are very scarred, and he's not responding well. But we know a God that can help him. We're going to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to ask you right where you are, would you pray and call his name out specifically? Lord, we pray right now for Brother Hernandez that you would touch him, that you would move on him. We're praying for new lungs. He's got a lot of scar tissue because of the pneumonia and because of the COVID-19 Lord, the symptoms of that. God, I pray right now that you bring divine healing over Brother Hernandez. Let oxygen begin to come into his blood, oh God. The doctors are doing everything they can now. God, we need you to do what only you can do. Work a miracle in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Somebody say amen. And I want you to agree with me. God's going to give him new lungs. I want you to agree with me. This man needs a miracle. And uh, we're, we're praying praying for his wife Kathy and daughter Charity. Let's be in uh, prayer for them. I know that just desperate times, and they can't even visit him. 
Could you imagine being in that situation? Uh, Easter Sunday is going to be powerful. You, you want to be a part of that again. You want to post your videos of how you're preparing uh, for Easter. That's going to be a, a fun, fun thing Brother Cody put out there. And uh, Easter at the Anchor 2020, you can hashtag that, Easter at the Anchor 2020. And we're looking forward to seeing those videos, how you're getting ready for Easter service and uh, your Easter outfits. It's going to be a, a great, great time. All right, are you ready for this? Next week, after Easter Revival, after Easter Revival, it's going to be quite a lineup. We have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 7 p.m. every night. We have a guest speaker that's going to be preaching live to the Anchor Church and everyone tuning in. We have Monday night, Bishop Douglas White. Tuesday night, Pastor Matthew Tuttle. Wednesday, I believe he's a prophet, Evangelist Bobby Wade. Thursday, we got Evangelist Victor Jackson. Friday, Evangelist Shane Burns. And on Saturday, Evangelist Greg Gowan. That's a quite a lineup. It's going to be an amazing Week, I know you're excited at home. You're probably clapping your hands and maybe jumping up and down. I don't know. But it's going to be an amazing week of revival. So 7 o'clock every night, make sure you tune in. It'll be a great time to have a watch party. Invite your friends to be involved. People will be healed. People are going to be repent. People are going to give their life back to God. I want you to be in prayer. And I'm asking you, if you will, a special offering to give to our evangelists. The Bible says man is worthy of his hire. We want to be able to bless our evangelists. Also, remember this. All these canceled church services, all these canceled church services, our evangelists aren't having revivals. They're not having meetings. And if they're not preaching, they're not getting paid. But God has called the anchor church to be a giving church and a sending church. So I'm asking you to go to prayer. Let the Lord speak to your spirit about giving a special offering. You can do that online or you can mail a check to the anchor uh, earmark that uh, for the evangelists. And um, you can just mark that. You can call the office if there's some uncertainty how to give that. But I know the Lord's going to bless you. We give during these times because that's who we are. The church does never, never stops being the church. Amen. All right, let's get to the Word of God tonight. Genesis chapter 40. It says in verse 14, But think on me when it shall be well with thee. Joseph says to the butler, think on me when it's well with you. The setting of the scripture is that Joseph, Joseph is, has been imprisoned. He was falsely accused. Falsely accused. Potiphar's wife accused him of, of abusing her. And we know the story, and, and uh, of course it didn't happen. He just denied her. She screamed. She took his coat and accused him of attacking her. And of course, when Potiphar returned home from his trip, uh, he believed his wife over Joseph, threw Joseph in prison. And while Joseph is there for those many years, he ends up meeting two people that came from Pharaoh's uh, castle, if you will. He, uh, from the palace, one was the butler, the other was a baker. Both of them one night had a dream. Uh, each of them individually had dreams. And uh, the baker, one of the prison guards, said, well, you've got you to meet this guy. We know a man that's in this prison that can interpret dreams. When Joseph came and he said, well, aren't interpretations from God? 
And so they begin to tell their dream, and of course the baker told his dream, and he said in three days you're going to die. Certainly that's exactly what happened. The butler began to tell his dream, and when he began to tell his dream about the, about the vines in the dream and how he had grapes in his hand and he was squeezing the grapes into Pharaoh's cup, then Joseph made a statement, and this is what he said. He said, this is the interpretation of it. In verse 12 of Genesis 40, the three branches are three days, yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee. If you will at home, I want you to say that word, restore. It's a very, very powerful word in Scripture. Going to restore thee unto thy place. And thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. What he was saying was, he said, Within three days, he said, you're going to be restored and your life's going to be normal again. It's just going to be the way it was. You're going to deliver the, 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 the cup of the king into his hand, he said, and your life's going to be just how it has been. It's going to be, it's going to be normal. And he makes this statement to him. When things are normal, when things are well, when, when the chaos of COVID-19 and the pandemic is over, when you've returned to your job, when church services are going on, the covenants that you've made during this time, wondering about the coming of the Lord in the end time, will you remember me when everything is well? When you're not worried about the next paycheck and not worried about unemployment and a percentage cut of your, of your take-home pay, uh, when you're not uh, you know, hand sanitizer on every corner, mask, gloved, when everything is back, when the hospitals are back to normal, the medical community is back to normal, when everything is normal, when the economy is normal again, when the stock market has went over 30,000 points, which I wouldn't doubt that that's going to happen, and uh, things are going to go back to normal. What he's saying is, Joseph, who is a, a, a real character of Scripture, a real event that happened, but I believe so many parallels of Jesus Christ really were. And you'll find that Joseph makes this statement. I met you at a low moment in this prison, shut in, locked in, separated from family, separated. I haven't even been able to see my parents. Man, that's tough on me. I'd do anything to hug my dad and my mom right now. Uh, I would love to see my brother and Joan and uh, Sasha Shea, Theron, and Sadie Joe, I would love to see them. Uh, brother and sister Tackett can't right now. Shut away from everything. It's so not normal. And certainly I've enjoyed my time at home. But man, there's a longing in me to see you, to be in church with you, and, and to see your face, and to see your family, to see your children running around this foyer again, and, and to, to, to hear the the noise of the church, of the, the voices that I hear in the foyer, I can't wait for that to happen. And uh, But sometimes life becomes uncertain in how we knew it. There's, there's no sports events and all those things that aren't the way. Watch and see. It's going to come back to normal. And he said, when it goes normal, will you remember the covenant? Will you remember me when all is well with you? I know right now that there's there are, there are people saying, 
Well, do you think the, the coming of the Lord, you didn't preach about the coming of the Lord, talking about earthquakes and diverse places? Absolutely. I do. But I do not believe the Lord's going to come like tonight. He could. But I believe that there is a, an awakening right now in the body. I believe that we are in the season of the coming of the Lord. When is that going to be? You know, my children asked me, Dad, do you think? Finn said, how old will I be? He told me, asked me this morning. It was on my lap while I was doing devotion. And he said, uh, uh, he said, Dad, when, how old will I be when the coming of the Lord? How old do you think I'll be? I said, maybe seven. Boy, he just sat back because he's seven years old. I don't know. But I do know we're in the season. I believe God has spoken to me. There's going to be this major harvest. It's harvest time. And I want you to say it at your, ha- your house. It's harvest time. There's going to be a major harvest. Backsliders by the thousands, tens of thousands are going to come back to church. They really are. And it's happening right now. People that have been away from God, offended at God, uh, whatever it might be, just went their own way. They're going to get stirred in their spirit and God has been stirring them. And thank God for that. There are going to be a, millions of new people. They're going to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's a great awakening that's happening right now among us. As, as much as you need to get some things done at your house, I'm sure you've been glad to get some of those things. I have. Things I've put off, I've been taken care of. But you know what? We cannot forget that the thing that really matters, I told the staff this morning, I said, look, the Bible says that heaven and earth shall pass away. He said, but my words shall not pass away. The only thing that really matters is God's Word. It's sharing His Word. You say, but pastor, I'm intimidated. I'm shy. I'm bashful. I, I just I can't see myself doing that. Let me tell you something. You need to pray for boldness. In Acts 4, the Bible says that they, the, the place was shaken when they prayed and God moved on them and they, they were filled with boldness. I was shy to some extent. To get up and talk was not just natural for me to go witness to somebody, to go tell somebody, hey, I love you to come to church with me. Hey, God loves you. Sometimes that was intimidating. And I prayed one night. I said, God, I need boldness. That's why I'm able to do what I'm doing here tonight. Looking into this camera to tell you right now that nothing... Nothing is more powerful than the gospel. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. I have given my life for this book. Let me tell you something. I would die for that book right there because that's the only truth we have. Let God be true and every man a liar. And I am challenging every home. I'm challenging every family. Every young child that's listening to the pastor right now, every teenager that's listening to me, whether you're watching by way of Instagram or Facebook, wherever it is that you're listening, listen, you need to learn to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You don't have to be profound. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to use some big words. Just tell the story of Jesus. I'm telling you, there's power in that story. And I told them this morning, I said, heaven, why don't somebody give an amen somewhere? I feel like preaching. And I really do. I told the staff this morning, I said, the Bible does say heaven and earth is going to pass away. It's going to be burnt with a molten heat. The Bible tells that. I've been talking about that. But you know what's not going to pass? is that book right there. You know, there's no church busyness right now. There's no busy things going on. Nothing's really happening. Except what? Right now. No sports events. What's going on? Facebook, these live stream things have been flooded with what? Singing about the gospel preaching about the gospel. You're going to see something awesome this Sunday. You're going to see a song that has been another anchor original song that has been written. 
It's going to be released, I believe, I believe on Friday. You're going to be able to see that. It, it's such a powerful song that's been written in-house. And uh, it's going to be so powerful. It's going to be, I'm going to end my message on Sunday. They're going to sing this song. It's going to be amazing. You, God's doing something. And uh, let me stop here and talk about imprisoned moments when things are no longer normal. Protocol is being shattered. If you will stop, slow down, close your eyes and listen, you'll hear there's a still, small voice that's been trying to speak to you. Over time, house projects, I know about those, cutting your grass, eating a meal, taking care of the children, all these things. It's all the things we're supposed to do. It's biblical to take care of our family. But sometimes it can become so routine you can't hear the voice of God. I believe God. Do not believe God caused COVID-19. I don't believe that. But I do believe God can use the times where we are to do what? To allow us to hear what He's trying to say. Can you hear what the Spirit's saying to the church right now? Can you hear what's going on? I'm going to tell you what I hear. Material things don't matter. That's what I hear. Materialism should not be our focus. That shouldn't be temporal things. Shouldn't be where we're focused. That's what I hear right now. Is God saying to us in this very moment? Is eternity is what matters, not the temporary things and materialistic things? He said, "Don't lay up yourselves treasures where the the moth and the rust can corrupt, and the thief can break through and steal." He said, "That's not where the treasure. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. You know the only thing that you'll take to heaven with you. You know what it is? It's a soul." That's the only eternal part of you. It's not this old body. It's a corruptible body. But this corruption must put on incorruption, 1 Corinthians tells us. But you know what? One of these days, there is going to be this eternity that we're going to have to embrace. And God right now is shaking America. Things that they really thought mattered really do not matter. Preach the message called, we need to reevaluate. Can I ask you a question? When's the last time you talked to your family member about eternity? When's the last time you talked to somebody about God? When's the last time that you really got in your knees in home? When your knees in home begin to call upon the name of the Lord in the agony of prayer. Oh God, I need you in my life. Come on, there's one thing we should be. We should be passionate about the things of God. There's something we ought to be passionate about. It's eternal things. And I told the staff, I said, listen, Paul had to be in prison or we would have never gotten the Scriptures written. We would have never gotten it. We would have never received it. We never would have never seen it. Paul had to be separated from socialization. He had to be separated from the busyness of humanity to hear what God was saying for him to write those epistles that we have in the New Testament. Right now, creativity has broken out in my home. Right now, creativity is breaking out in the church. Right now, God's voice and giftings are surfacing up. Why? They're not, they're not compressed down with the busyness of temporal demands. Do you all understand what I'm saying? Why don't somebody write amen or something on this comment here? Let there be an amen, a shout out for somebody. If you believe, if you're witnessing what I'm teaching you right now, why don't you make some comments right here that says, hey, I believe what you're preaching is true. I believe it. I believe it. Let there be an amen from somebody. 
I'm telling you, can you hear? That's what I feel like preaching to you right now. Can you hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church? God is speaking right now. Do you believe that? God is speaking. I'm talking about remember me when all is well with thee. Joseph Joseph looks at this man and he says, things are going to go normal. Things are going to go back the way they used to be. He said, just remember me when all is well with you. It says, he said, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. Can I ask you, when you come out of this house of isolation, this house of quarantine, are you going to take Jesus with you? Or is He going to be left back in the quarantine time? Is this is just, this, just chronicles from the quarantine? Is just moments from quarantine? Or is this going to be a lifestyle that you're going to keep? The tears that you have wept, the concern, maybe even the fear of God that settled back in your heart. Because when the cup is back in your hand, you're back on the job and working overtime. School teachers are teaching and kids are back at school. and The yellow bus is picking up the kids again and daycare is going on. and Friday night restaurants. What are you going to do? What are you going to do at that moment? Are you going to remember when the cup is in your hand that there was a Joseph in your house in that place of quarantine and isolation? What I'm saying to you right now is that there's got to be a covenant that you make with God tonight. It says, I will not leave you in the house of quarantine. I'm taking you out of isolation. And when my life gets to normal, I'm going to start doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Devotion with my children. Listen, don't leave devotion up to pastor. Don't leave your devotion up to the Sunday school teachers to teach your children one hour a week about God. It's not fair to your kids when you've got a Bible in your house. Do I think you should go to church every time the doors are open? They're not open right now. But when they're open, you should be at the house of God. We teach that. Assemble yourselves together and do more often when you see the hour approaching. But you know what? It doesn't mean that house should just be about entertainment, video games, uh, projects, eating, sleeping. You know, we've got dining rooms, don't we? We do. We've got living rooms. We've got bathrooms. We've got entertainment rooms. We have bedrooms. But do we have prayer rooms? It's convicting to me today. Is there a prayer room in your house? You got a room for everything else, but are there prayer rooms? Is there a place where you meet with God? You can tell I'm stirred in my soul. It, when I was in college, I would I would went to, had some Hindu friends and went to their house and I don't know what we were working on, uh, some math of some sort. And uh, I went to their house and I went in. I was going to step in this one part of the house, just one sectioned off area. When there, he said, he said, oh, Aaron, he said, you need to take your shoes off. You go in that area. I said, why is it? He said, that's my prayer room. It had an elephant ear type of thing. God set up. It was the God of the Hindus. And uh, I said, well, how often do you go in there and pray? He said, an hour every morning, an hour every evening. I think his name was Rakib. I believe his name was. And I said, have you ever felt God? He said, no. I said, have you ever seen your God do a miracle? He said, no. I said, have you ever heard the voice of God? And he said, no. But yet he was devoted 
in his home to a religion, to a God he couldn't feel, a God he couldn't hear, and a God he couldn't see move. And here we are tonight. We've been healed. We have heard his voice. And we feel his presence at church. But God's calling us back to an old-fashioned prayer meeting at home where we can feel God again in our living room. Where we have a relationship with God like never before. And I hear God saying, remember me when all is well with you. Everything's going to go normal. God's not going to come in a moment like this. I don't believe it because you're expecting Him. I'm going to tell you when He's going to come. He's going to come as it was in the days of Noah. And I'm going to close in just a moment. Look at Matthew 24. Y'all feel, can you feel what I feel right now? Why don't you lift your hands to the Lord and say, Oh God, I need you in my heart. Oh Lord, I need you. I want to feel your presence again. Oh, right in my house, God. I don't want to get to a place where I feel Him Sunday and Wednesday at church only, but God, Monday through Sunday, Sunday through Sunday, I feel the presence of God, whether I'm at church or whether I'm home. In Matthew 24, let's look and see what it says. Matthew 24, let's look and see what it says. It says, verse 36, Matthew 24, 36, but of that day, and hour knoweth no man, no not the angels of heaven, but my Father, my Father only. He says, but as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were what? Eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered into the ark and watch, knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal, the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour your Lord doth come. And he says, you need to be ready. It's going to be like a thief in the night. He said, if the master of the house would have known, he would have prepared. Let me tell you who God's going to come for. He's coming after the bride that's looking for him. That has made herself ready. Revelation 19. He's coming after a bride that made herself ready. Listen, this hasn't moved me. I mean, hasn't stirred me absolutely. But hasn't moved me wanting the coming of the Lord more. I, I can't say that it has. Because... The bride wants to get married right now. You see the point? The bride's not just going to go get ready because he's coming. The bride's waiting every single day on the coming of the Lord. The bride isn't changing what she does because she heard that he's going to come. Let me tell you something. Bride, the bride's always looking. Because he said, if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Here's a question for you. Are you hungry for the coming of the Lord? Are you hungry for the groom, the marriage supper table of the Lamb? Are you ready to be joined to the groom, Jesus Christ? That's what it's talking about. Is This is, yes, this is getting me back on track for some could say that. But you know what? Now from this moment, I'm longing. The old song, oh, I want to see him and look upon his face. There to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory. 
there to lift my voice. Cares all past, home at last, ever to rejoice. What's it saying? I'm looking for the coming of the Lord. He said, if you get on the top of the house, don't come down for your stuff. He said, stay ready, stay looking. And I'm saying this to you right now. Make a covenant with God. I am going to be ready. I'm going to be ready for the coming of the Lord. I'm not just going to be moved by this. No, 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 no. I'm making a covenant. I am going to remember Him when I when my life gets back to normal. Watch and see. It's going to be back to normal. Your life's going to be normal again. We'll be having church, church as usual. I saw an art, just a statement that said something like, America will never be the same. I agree to that to an extent. But things are going to go normal. And when everything settles down, and all the dust has settled from this, everybody's back to normal. And after many backsliders have returned, many people have given their life to Jesus Christ. And people go back to their old ways when they're not expecting it. The trumpet's going to sound. And those that are still looking are those that are going to make it. I want to make it, don't you? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you, God, for your word tonight. It never changes. And neither does the church ever change. The church remains the same. It's been through the fire, but the fire couldn't burn it. It's been through the flood, but the flood couldn't drown it. It was fed to the lions, but the lions couldn't eat it. It's the church. And God, today, these unwavering people, also, people that are watching that maybe straight away because all we like sheep have gone astray, God, they made their way back. I pray that, God, their spirit will be in alignment with you. They'll make a covenant with you today that will be so powerful that when everything normalizes in their life, that, Lord, they will remain walking and talking, Lord, with you and looking for the blessed hope, that blessed Redeemer that's coming in Jesus' name. Again, stay tuned. Because Easter's going to be powerful. Post some of those videos about getting ready. You can be funny. You can show your Easter outfits, whatever. Let it be, let it be joyful. Uh, there's going to be something that's going to happen Sunday you want to be a part of. Something great's going to take place on Sunday. It's going to involve you. Again, after Easter revival, it's going to be a time. I want you to start inviting people to that. Remember, make a list. You pray the list and work the list. Between now and Sunday, here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to call everybody on there and get them set up, either Facebook Live or through the website or YouTube channel, and get these people ready to watch Sunday service. There's going to be healings, there's going to be conversions, and there's going to be deliverances. It's going to be life change. I believe it's going to be a movement that takes place. Hey, God's going to work. He hasn't stopped working. you believe that? Also Friday, I'm going to be going live at 9 a.m. I'm going to be preaching about Jesus being crucified. At 3 p.m., I'm going to be preaching about when Jesus died. And at 8 o'clock on Friday night, we're going to do communion together. You're going to see more posts about this. We have ordered and will be in. We are having communion cups that can be... We're going to, deli we're going to allow you to pick them up here, but somebody sanitized and with a mask and gloves is going to be handed out according to how many you need for your home. But 8 o'clock, I believe that those can be picked up. Uh, I think it's like between 4 and 6, uh, 4 and 7, or 5 and 7 p.m., something like that. We can, we'll can we put a post out so you know the detail of that. I believe it's between 5 and 7 p.m. You can come and pick those up here at the church under the portico. They're going to be handing those out. 
And at 8 o'clock, we're going to take communion together as a body. Doesn't that sound amazing? And uh, Cindy and I will be doing communion at home with you live. And so uh, we're, gonna, we're just going to... We're just going to worship God together in these moments. Anyhow, God bless you. Thank you so much for joining Bible study tonight. Sister Bounds and I love you all very much. And Lakin and Sawyer, Jill and the Finn, they're so looking forward to church. They, they really are. Looking forward to seeing you. God bless you tonight in Jesus' name. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.